Hi, Emmaus. Welcome back to the Proclaim and Display podcast, episode 42, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. Back in the studio today with Jaron and Kennedy. Welcome back to the show, Kennedy. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. it's good to have you back, Kennedy. Thanks. We have have the headphones on correctly. Like, we are ready. We are ready to go. So, we're we're rolling. Uh, We're a little out of practice here. But uh, on the podcast with us today is one of our favorite ministry partners and church members, Deanne Pollard. Welcome, Deanne. Oh, man. Let me tell you, Deanne has been pining to get on the podcast. (laughs) Should have heard her before she came in. She's asking all the time to be on here. So, so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, when am I going to learn how to say no to Owen? (laughs) Let's hope it's no time soon. (laughs) So we we love Deanne. So Deanne is on the podcast today to talk about Operation Christmas Child. If that feels too soon to talk about that, it is not too soon. We'll talk about that. But every year about this time, Deanne comes on stage during the worship service to talk about Operation Christmas Child. That has been a big step for her. And now we've dragged her on the podcast. Um, (laughs) But I know you guys are going to be blessed. We're not just going to talk about Operation Christmas Child, but also a chance for Deanne to share some of God's grace and and faithfulness and work in her life. And so I'm excited for you to hear her story, uh, which always encourages me. All right, before we get to Operation Christmas Child, let's talk about Christmas. It's usually Christmas in July. Is that the off one? You guys ever hear about Christmas in July, Christmas in summer? Yeah, so this is Christmas in October. I'm aloof. We're getting close. You never (laughs) celebrate Christmas in July? I guess not. Man, you're missing out apparently. You Scrooge. Yeah, you Scrooge. (laughs) Are you a Scrooge when it comes to Christmas? Oh, oh man. I don't know this about Jared. I'm not, I love Christmas. You love Christmas. I don't Christmas. know about Christmas in July. Oh, man. You've been missing out. So, uh, well, we don't it's have just time a, to I think it's just a phrase. I think Christmas is in July is like when Hobby Lobby starts to pick out. <laughs> That's about yeah. when they start. How, Hobby Lobby's responsible. Okay, I get it. Okay. How, how early is too early for Christmas music? When can it come? November 1st. Oh, okay. After Halloween. Okay. It's when the transition starts. Hmm. Oh, man. That feels a little early to me. Dan's shaking yeah. her head. What do you think, Dan? Christmas music? Or day right? after Christmas. I mean, day oh. after oh. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Sorry, day after Christmas. Like, Thanks, wow. Day after go. Thanksgiving. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. I love fall. And yeah. just don't want to get there too soon. I think we get started a little soon. <laughs> I think traditionally I've been with Deanne, although I like Christmas music, and it wouldn't bother me to hear it before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But switching to doing worship at Emmaus, like I'm listening to Christmas music. In July. Yes, yeah. in July. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm more go. familiar so, than I realized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about decorating? What's too early? When do you decorate? November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is awesome. Day after, after day Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm noticing I'm not one yeah. out here. <laughs> now, you have, a, you have a house this time around, like your own house. Yes. So your mom is yeah. pretty famous for her Christmas decorations. Yeah, she is. Carrie, I have a lot to live up to. I was going to say, are you going to carry on this yeah. tradition? Or Actually, like, <laughs> we were just texting about... Uh, some Christmas decor <laughs> like an hour ago. So. That's so How good. many trees are you going to have? That's the question. Me personally, just two. Just two. Just yeah. Two. My mom Your normally, mom really she normally would have like 10, but yeah. she'll probably just have like three, maybe <laughs> nice. four or five. Nice. I think the question is, is how long are you allowed to leave it up? If we're going to go to the trouble, I have trouble. That sounds really bad. Yeah. If we're going to put this work, I like, let's leave it up till, I don't know. Mid January, end oh, of January. Oh no, no, no. There's <laughs> that. There's that window in there that it doesn't come down. It's it could get bad. So like it, it's got to <laughs> it's got to come down that you know, like that week after. So I usually wait until the coldest possible north wind to put oh, on my outside sure. lights. You know, like accidentally if I would just do it when the weather's nice. But no, it's got to be it's got to be cold. No, I think 
you know, the 12 days of Christmas, that's a great theology. You, you play mm-hmm. that out, but I don't know. Going back to school, going back to work, and still having the Christmas decorations up, that's too much anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I it's kind of sad at that point, too. Like, oh, yeah, Christmas a- is over. Like, just... You know. Unless you happen to be the outside lights at Emmaus on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> worship center. You went there. I know. I went you there. Went there. Every day's Christmas uh, at Every day's Christmas at Emmaus. <laughs> we could turn them on right now we if we could. wanted to. Yeah, yeah we're just prepared for uh, Operation Christmas Child. That's when we turn on our lights at Emmaus. We leave them up all year, turn them on for Operation Christmas Child. That's a good so, idea. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, okay, okay, before this goes off the rails anymore. So, uh, Deanne. Give us the elevator speech about Operation Christmas Child. If people are new to Emmaus, don't really know, they've seen it, heard about it, but don't know what it is, what in the world are we talking about? Well, since I was asked to co-chair it the very first year, I've never heard of it. Oh, nice. So it was a learning experience, but Operation Christmas Child is sponsored by Samaritan's Purse, which was a uh, began with Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. And it's a ministry that goes really around the world. And it is an opportunity to share the gospel through the children. The children are given these shoe boxes that are full of many great things. Oh, yeah, all kinds of things, yeah. And um, these are kids that don't have anything. They, they, any, the littlest thing means the world to them. But the biggest thing is Samaritan's Purse puts the whole biblical story within those boxes yeah. in their language. And then that goes, I mean, it can go by camel, it can go <laughs> by boat, uh, just about yeah. any way possible to get it there. And then Samaritan's Purse has people there that, teach those kids the gospel and they bring in the families and uh so that's the way the gospel spreads around the world just with a little shoebox. yeah i like that part it's not just about the gifts in the box there's Mm -hmm. the connection there in the community we think of samaritan's purse or we think of operation christmas child is just one time a year but there's an ongoing impact that happens there you guys jaron kennedy memories of operation christmas child have you guys been involved in this or yeah, I mean, I I honestly should be able to say how long Emmaus has been doing it, but I, I really don't remember when it started, but that would have been my first introduction to it. So I think for me, my memories go back to uh, early on, student ministry jumping behind, collecting items and having like a big packing day on a Sunday and, you know, making, you know, a bunch of boxes or uh, getting our students involved to help load the trucks and those or thing, or just more personal just our family yeah participating in that yeah yeah. So. yeah I can remember those days when I was in student ministry <laughs> of you planning the packing parties <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah. even like my Sunday school teachers like taking a Sunday instead of like doing normal class like taking an opportunity to pack a shoebox together and pray over it so those are definitely my memories of Operation Christmas Child. Correct me on this, Kennedy, because I may have the wrong person in mind, but had you traveled someplace and encountered some people who had received so shoeboxes? What's the story? One of our Panama teams uh, got to witness shoeboxes coming into Panama. That's wow. it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Pastor Ricardo actually puts in a request to have shoeboxes come to his church. Now they did it this year through um, kind of like their VBS. Yeah. Um, and that was the gift that they gave the kids <clears throat> as they were leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's a new 
system set up, isn't there, that you can scan that barcode and you can see where your box goes or generally yes. speaking, mm-hmm. see where it goes? It's been there for a long time, but yeah. now they made it much easier. Yeah. So, and it, what people don't understand is those kids don't always get the boxes at Christmas time. It may be months yeah. before those are delivered, so you can't expect that yeah. label to come back yeah. to you and say, but it is such an awesome thing to find out where your box went. Yeah, we always love that, seeing mm-hmm. seeing where it goes. I'm trying to, I'd have to verify with my mom, but I think all the years she taught fifth grade, she would often do this with her fifth graders in, in public school, and even as far back as when I was in fifth grade, I, I have memories of her doing something, something like this, and so I'd have to find out when she got started, but I know we've done that for for a long time. So this is a massive logistical uh, process that's involved. (laughs) Jaren's already alluded to it, but talk about, Deanne, the two ways that our church is involved. We we receive the boxes, but then we're also, we receive the boxes from church members, but we're also a regional collection site. So talk about how people can get involved and and maybe those two sides of it. Well, for me, I'm just the coordinator for Emmaus. So, uh, on the 15th of October, we'll be giving out all the boxes for anybody that wants them in the church. Uh, you can get involved through your Sunday school class. You can get involved just with your kids and go shopping with them uh, and teach them all about that. Uh, there's just a multiple ways of getting involved here, and you can always reach out to me and I can connect you. And one of the things that I'd like to say is that Everybody in Adamaeus can get involved, no matter how much you have or how little you have. Next to where I have the boxes, we I always have two big boxes. And if all you can afford is two pencils, throw in the two pencils yeah. Yeah. because those are going to be used. We do not waste anything. If we have leftovers, we can either save them for next year, but if we have too many, we send them to Samaritan's Purse, and they fill more boxes when they get that. So please don't worry about how much you can give or what. Last year, I didn't set a goal yeah, because yeah. I know how expensive things have gotten, and uh, and we surpassed all of our past years. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. <laughs> Uh-oh. We have one adult Sunday school class, our senior adult. Last year, we collected a little over a thousand boxes. That one class made 500 boxes. Oh, no. So I want to challenge (laughs) the rest of our church to try to get involved as much as you can to do that. And then when we do regional drop-off, that's... What, real quick, um, okay. what's the due date for the boxes to come into the Emmaus? due is date it, is uh, November the 5th. November 5th. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have mm-hmm. from October 15th to November 5th to yeah, get those in. Actually, due date's the 23rd, but we're going to go with November the 5th because <laughs> I go. always have a late date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, let's, let's stick with that. Let's go uh, November 5th. So. so, and then once that's all done, you'll start seeing all the boxes down at the front. And uh, once that November 5th date stops, then we start the regional drop-off site. Uh, And that is here at Emmaus, and that's where all the regional churches bring all of their boxes. We have, even if they bring them in boxes, we have to unpack the cartons they bring them in, recount them, rebox them. And that's where sometimes we need some young guys to haul those big things and then we definitely need the youth 
to yeah. help load the trucks. And Brandy Dean is in charge of all of that, coordinating it. So she's the one you'd want to talk to about the regional drop-off. And that's usually that week before Thanksgiving. That's that the happens. Sunday to the Monday before okay. Thanksgiving. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, she'll have set times for that and all that, usually in the afternoons. Wonderful. Well, I know, Emmaus, you'll hear about this through emails. You can hear about it from the stage. We just want to give us another way to talk about what we're what we're doing with, with Operation Christmas Child and, and how to get involved, involved like that. So... All right, let's talk for a minute, Kennedy, about other missions, things going on around Christmas. Anything you're working on, things you want to say, just kind of talking about yeah. is a great time to think through missions for yeah, our church. Absolutely. It's a loaded question because okay. there's like five billion things, yeah. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, that we could talk about. Yeah. But to keep it brief, um, you know, I think Christmas season, Advent season, brings a really unique opportunity to engage in missions. And so when we use that term, engaging in missions, we're not talking about only engaging in programs that the church provides. We're talking about engaging with the lost. And so it's kind of a both and. Like, we want you to participate in Operation Christmas Child. We want you to participate in Christmas meal bags. We want you to invite a friend to Christmas Eve, all of those things. But we also want you to have gospel conversations. Um, I was at an Oklahoma Baptist women's workshop last night and Coach T was the speaker and Emmaus, we really hope that you get um, a chance to hear from Coach T soon, but he said something that just really convicted me, especially heading into Advent season, that if basically if we neglect the work of an evangelist, then we're neglecting our very reason to exist mm. on earth. Wow. Um, and so just that opportunity that we have to while you're packing a shoebox like use that opportunity to pray for the nations to teach your family um, how to pray for those that are working overseas how to pray for the people that will be receiving the boxes um, and then also I think about like Christmas meal bags like we are actually going to someone's doorstep like use that opportunity to have those gospel conversations and so um, I get excited about the unique opportunities that we have because it's definitely a both and we're getting to not only show with um, our deeds the gospel, but we're also getting to show with our words. And yeah. so just considering where God has us at that time. I love that. Is, um, is go Coach, ahead, Coach T, is he like related to the Mr. T of my childhood? Who, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> Not Mr. T, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the fool, no, right? I don't think so. Major okay. letdown. Yeah. We could ask him that, though, when yeah. he comes. He's so. the new evangelism director for Oklahoma Baptist. I so. did not know this. Good yeah. to there know. There you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like I'm a sure. really, really great guy. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure everybody else listening had the same question. So <laughs> yeah, they like probably did. Now, I, I may be off base on this, but I think Mr. T... Uh, you're thinking of old school Mr. T. I think he's, a a he's a legit, like, hardcore follower of Jesus, talks about his faith. I think so. I think we're on the right path there. So maybe we could get Coach so T and Mr. T together there. here. So, like, this is going to be our goal to get the two of those guys uh, together. So, well, short term, thinking about sharing the gospel, uh, DM, we want to wrap up coming back around to you. Somewhere along the way, someone shared the gospel with you. Um, your life was changed. You have a chance to do that for others. Tell us a little bit about your story, how you came to faith in Jesus. What, what, what's that story look like for you? Well, I was raised in a Christian home in, in a Methodist church. And Are you an Oklahoma uh, girl, or where's the background? I was born and raised in Norman, yep. so I'm still in Norman. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but along the way, uh, there was a falling out. And my dad quit going to church, and my mom quit going to church, and so that met the kids, the, my brother and I. And uh, 
after a while, my grandparents were still going, and my mother started going back, and so I went with them. And at some point, I knew that I loved God, but it, it was different because in a Methodist church, and I don't mean this is not negative at all, but they read the scripture on Sunday morning, and then they preach on it, but you don't have, I never had a lot of Bible teaching. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but at 16, I went down, I was sprinkled, and was a youth uh, counselor at camp and all those different things, uh, and got married. And when I got married, I married into a family that was very strong Christians, except for I found out the man that I married. And so time went along and that didn't turn out well. And I uh, had two kids and got divorced. And um, so I kind of fell away from the faith. And uh, <clears throat> then I met Bill and uh, we taught school together. Yeah. And so we dated for quite a while and then we decided to get married and uh, he had three daughters, and I had a son and a daughter. And so one of the things, the first things, he looked at me and says, we need to be in church and have the kids in church. So we did, and we went to a church. Uh, we went to church. Yeah. We didn't go to Sunday school or anything yeah. like that. And then we realized this wasn't working out. And my ex-in-laws invited us to their church. And we started going there and uh, were very actively involved. But I'd go on Sundays and it was just a, a ritual going sure. and all. I still knew God, I knew Jesus, uh, but I didn't know them. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Difference between maybe head knowledge and head heart knowledge. Head knowledge and heart knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And and I struggle, and I will say this, I still struggle to this day with uh, memorization and those kind of things. But we lost Bill's dad suddenly, and it threw our youngest daughter into a tailspin. And so I had her... Our pastor's wife at the time was meeting with her, and uh, one one day we were standing there, and all of a sudden, my life changed. Oh wow! God got a hold of me, <laughs> and uh, I knew when He got a hold of me, and that's from that point. And my daughter and I were baptized at the same time. Oh wow! So uh, I started going to Bible studies. Did a lot of K. Arthur studies, uh, and have continued to do that. Uh, as you well know, uh, our family has gone through a, quite a bit, especially with my son and daughter. Yeah. Uh, but my prayer is that they will return to church. But that's between them and God now. Yeah. They're old enough that they make their decisions, yeah. and uh, they don't always agree with me, and that's okay, yeah. uh, because I don't have to agree with them either, yeah. and that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, but 
And you've loved them through that, and I've, you've seen God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And I kindness. have, yeah, I have, yeah. and even through the difficult times, yeah. uh, I just hold on to God. Yeah. And there were times when I didn't see them or hear from them. Yeah. Uh, but now we have a great relationship. Actually, Sunday afternoon they're coming for their birthdays, oh, nice. and uh, we'll yeah. have a family get together. So now Praise between God. Bill and I, all of our grandkids and great-grandkids we have a total of 28 there you go (laughs) that's so much fun yeah oh man and you know just the time of being around bill and what a gift he is to the men in our church i know jaron could could speak i love me some bill pollard yeah that's right so he's one ornery man but i love him he's such a such a great guy just brings so much joy to uh to, to so many people all right last question for you deanne um Right now, in, in this season, just speak as broadly as you want, but what do you feel like the Lord's teaching you? Just you think about encouraging our church and, and what's going on. What what do you feel like God's teaching you that you just want to share with others? I'm going through a Bible study, and it's called Experiencing God. Mm-hmm. And I know it's an old one. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but if nothing other than... We have to have, before we do anything else, we have to have a relationship with God. We have to re- have a relationship so close that we hear when he's speaking to us. We don't guess at it and all. We don't jump out on our own and say, okay, I need to do this. We need to wait, have that relationship, and pray until we hear from him. Yeah. Before we move out on our own, yeah. and that's that's really life changing for me right now. No, that's really good. It's so interesting how that old uh, Bible study like that has had a resurgence. You know, I, I hear a lot of people that have are going through that right now, and just that sense of seeing how God's at work and and being ready to respond in faith and, and listen to Him. No, I, I love that, and it's been fun to see. Uh, you just rejuvenated and even in how you're thinking about prayer and the word and responding connecting to other ladies like that's been that's been really neat to mm-hmm. to see that so well Jaron I want you to be able to uh, uh, to pray for Bill and Deanne and pray Very for good. Operation Christmas Child and all the things we have coming up at, at Christmas if you would do that for us yeah let's do it God just thank you so much for uh, just the opportunity this podcast provides us just to hear stories and to Uh, be encouraged and challenged. Lord, I thank you for your work in Deanne and Bill's life. God, you have used them to encourage so many people at our church. Uh, Lord, the way they serve, the way they they faithfully give of themselves for the sake of others. And Lord, that's not to prop them up as if they're anything special. Lord, the, the, the gift they are to Emmaus and their community and their families because of your work in their life. And so, we praise you for that. And uh, Lord, we thank you for Deanne's passion for something like uh, Operation Christmas Child. Lord, that has a, an incredible far reach uh, with the gospel. And uh, thank you for giving that as an opportunity for Emmaus in this season to be able to explore and to uh, uh, find ways to be able to make the gospel known, not just here in, in our, our neighborhoods, but also in the nations. And so we, we thank you for that. And so, uh, God, we just praise you for your work and uh, your intention to be known throughout the world. And it's your name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you, Amaius. We'll see you soon.